Welcome to Inside Photo Organizing from DIY to Pro with Allison Friedman from Arrange Wander Focus of Chicago, Illinois. And I am Susan Wallach from Save a Memory of Northern Colorado. Together, we will provide photo organizing tips and tricks for everyone from the person who wants to do it yourself to other pros in our industry. We'll discuss current software and hardware news about photo and digital asset management. We will be answering your questions, and we hope that as you learn more, you can complete your own photo organizing project and feel more confident to finally know, hey, I can find that special photo that I've been looking for. Well, hello, Allison. How are you? I'm good, Susan. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I'm glad it's uh, moving into October. September has been very busy, especially with Save Your Photos Month. Yeah, it's it's been a little nuts. You know, I always thought that that people, you know, left their photos alone over the summer because they're out doing other things. But for whatever reason, they have decided this summer that's not the case. So been very busy with client work and also, you know, Save Your Photos Month is such a, a great event because there's all these presentations and classes for, you know, the regular person to learn all about um, different asset facets of photo organizing. And I know I had, I had a class. I also had a, another presentation on genealogy and you had a panel and a class. What, I mean, all sorts of things happening. Yeah, I was a, uh invited to I was very excited I was invited to speak on the uh the uh, YouTube uh event channel for B&H photo and video and uh was able to share some information about uh how to use AI uh in your in your business and and personally with with photos uh Josh Nelson and I uh uh, did that presentation. That was really fun. And then, yes, I was on a panel with several other people, uh, again, for uh, Save Your Photos Month, just talking about technology and what's happening, including AI and uh, the different apps that are out there to help you accomplish different different tasks with your photos. It was it was wonderful. Yeah, your presentation on AI was was excellent. And I admit that I have to watch it a couple times. There's there's a lot there and we will have a future episode on AI because Susan is uh, our expert in that regard. And what will be it'll be kind of a fun one because she and I actually don't see fully eye to eye on AI. So we'll have that coming up. And for now, if you'd like to catch her presentation or the one I did on genealogy, we'll stick those links down below Um but I think people still have a few more days to register for Save Your Photos Month. Is that right? Well, we, yeah, we had to look that one up. And normally this uh, podcast would drop on October 1. But when we learned that you have to at least register on the Save Your Photos Month website before September 30th, or you're not going to be able to take advantage of all these uh, presentations and videos we're talking about, we're going to drop this a little earlier. So it should have come to you the last week of 
of September. That'll give you a few days to get out there, get registered, and then you have the rest of October to thumb through all the the videos that are out there and watch what you want and and uh, watch as many times as you want. I know I have. And you know, besides the Save Your Photos Month. Um, uh, you presented something about genealogy and using this new photo management tool called Milio. Now that one rang some bells for me, and I'm going to have to watch that one several times. I really enjoyed that one. That was a that was a fun one, and that was a, a different a different task for me this time. But that that was really fun, and and we'll stick the links to that below as well. And because we are dropping early, I actually have a, I'm on a panel for Save Your Photos Month on October 2nd on to cloud or not to cloud. So if you are listening to this prior to October 2nd, be sure to register for Save Your Photos Month. And then you can register for that, for that panel as well. So that should be pretty fun. There's a lot of different viewpoints coming in on that panel. Right. So between us, uh, we've, We've been busy, not only client projects, but doing a lot of presenting and speaking, which we love because we like to share our knowledge, just like we are here with you uh, on this podcast. Yeah. So today we have a very special guest. And as you'll hear, she's actually somebody who connected me and Susan together. And that story will will likely come out. Um, but before we welcome her, her name is Sharon Wonder. Before we welcome her, I just want to preface this because this is a really different topic for us today. It's a very important topic uh, and one that can be difficult to handle. And that topic is how we deal with our legacy and memories in the face of death. So our guest, Sharon, today is working through this right now, and she's going to help us understand how important it is to leave a lasting legacy and to work on that with your family while you can, um, because we want and she really wants what she's going through to help others uh, who might be facing a, a similar significant health challenge and to help their loved ones come to terms with what's happening to them. And the photos and videos and audio, audio recordings that we all keep can help make this transition for the families a little bit easier. And she has some really nice ideas and experience in this regard that that she wants to share and that we really wanted to get out there uh, for people that might be facing a similar situation. Yes, Allison, that's um, a valid and uh, poignant point. So we are very appreciative that uh, Sharon's health has allowed her to um, give us this time today. And we hope that uh, the information that uh, she shares with you is uh, something that um, maybe sparks some something in you to uh, begin today uh, documenting your family legacy. Well, with that, we're excited to share with you our latest guest that we're bringing on. Her name is Sharon Wonder, and she has uh, quite a backstory that we're excited to talk about and share with everybody. Um, it's a very unique way that she's transitioned her business. Um, and so uh, we'll be excited to, to ask her a few questions about that. And so welcome, Sharon. Uh, we'll give you the floor and have you give our listening audience a little background about yourself. 
Thank you, Susan and Allison. I'm watching the two of you work together and I'm like, oh, such a cool partnership. I'm seeing Laverne and Shirley. I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm like, ah, this is fun. I feel like Smartlip. I feel like we need some background music in there, right? The <laughs> background music is at the beginning and the end. So don't I'm worry. Sure Susan will get that taken care of. Um, yeah, thanks for introducing me. I do have an interesting story. I think it's inter- It's fun too to know that three of us come from photography backgrounds, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to be together in that capacity. Um, always fun to hear where you guys started. I was a professional photographer starting in 2013. I did senior portraits and had so much fun teaching, honestly, body language at the end of each se- session because the kids are like this and they don't know how to structure up. And so by the end of getting confident, I was teaching them classes about interview skills and body language, teaching them little pieces of that, which was so fun and creative for me. So I love doing that. Um, photography has always been my background, creative things. I was also, my my major was in interior design. So I enjoyed doing some of that too. As I raised my children, I did jobs that I could do where I could also stay at home. So a bunch of different storylines. And then Throughout that, I got, I started getting sick. I started to have some side effects that I couldn't carry or schlep my photo equipment anymore out and about into the, didn't know what was wrong with me. That was in 2021. And I had my friend Lucy share with me that I should start this process of photo managing that I would love it. And I thought, uh, I have too much I'm juggling right now. I'm just so tired. There's no way I would want to go. Do- Why would I want to go do that? She was like, it's this blue ocean. They're so friendly. They're just awesome. Such a beautiful community. So when I finally walked into it, I was like, wow, they really are so sweet. Everyone just picked me up, carried me along. I felt like I belonged. It was a thing, something that I really wanted to be part of is a community like that, that was just open, um, authentic, willing to do whatever. If I asked, they were right there behind me. So I'd never had that before. So when I finally got the diagnosis that I had brain cancer, stage four glioblastoma, not the kind that you want to hear that you've got. Um, One, it was scary. But two, I knew that at that moment that what I wanted to do is to live as positively as possible. (laughs) And so in doing that, what I do when I need to get into that zone is I start um, if I make a little extra, like if money comes my way, it's, I call it my money game. So if I get somebody go, let me buy you lunch, I'll take that money and I put it into a pot. And so for a year and a half, I did that. And in 2022, I looked and I was like, I've collected $3,000. What can I do with that as a gift? And I really wanted to pay it forward. I like the little love messages, pay it forward to the photo managers. And so it was, what can I do? What could I offer that would match up to something that is connected to me. And for me, it was the niche of legacy. I realized we're, we were such a new business, new company. There are so new, many new niches like privacy that we're talking about now that I could maybe help create and support the conversation because I've always been trying to be as authentic as possible with where I'm at in my physical body um, and to be able to offer that to somebody who might want to have an opportunity of learning how to talk closer and deeper with relationships with legacy clients. Cause when I got certified, I did it so fast. I didn't, um, I didn't make it to the concept of why we should be in legacy until I needed to be the legacy client. I'm like, Whoa, I guess I need to go protect this now. So that's my simplest, um, introduction. 
That's where I come from. And that's where I'm at now is offering this scholarship where I can connect with people who are in that legacy clientele and want to be there and specialize in it and have conversations and be open about what we're doing and how can we connect with people and give them support in a safe space. And so nice. that's my simplest intro. Yeah. That's it. well done. Um, that's amazing that, uh, you would be the creator of this very important scholarship for our organization and uh, what your background is that led you here is, is amazing. And I, um, I honor and support that um, as best as I can um, as a friend. Um, so what, what is a legacy advocate? So for me, and it's something that Kathy and I are still creating for me, it's um, a badge that says I've gone through some specialized training I've considered, do I have the wherewithal, I guess, first, that wants to learn more and have compassion and nurturing and understanding to these traits of what it would take to support somebody who is either health challenged and trying to be um, pulled back a bit by it, but feels safe enough to talk about it with their photo manager so that we can actually have conversation and create projects that would take you to the level that you would need for Lexi help and being able to say, this is where I'm at in my health, or this is where I'm at in my cancer diagnosis. And I want to make sure that if, and when I'm gone, because sometimes legacy can mean five years, 10, 20, it doesn't mean you're going anywhere, but it means you understand that there will be a time in the life cycle that is going to be needed to be protected and preserved. So to be able to have those deeper conversations, I think is so important and to be able to, to bond like that and have a relationship allows so many more projects to be created, I believe. And I know that also I want to point out, I think it's fair and and needs to set up as a boundary that this isn't for any everybody. Some people don't want to have, some people feel like it's very awkward to talk about death and dying. Um, it helps me process. And so if we can get there and at least connected a little bit, I think that it's very important to be able to say the word death and dying. So Sharon, you've talked a lot about the word legacy, but what does that really mean to you? And what types of legacy products are you talking about? Thank you for asking that, Allison. Legacy was a, I, I would see it in the certification and I'd pass right by it because it was not connected to me. To me, it meant transactional. To me, it meant financial. To me, it meant cold. And then as I started to need it, I realized, oh, if I can do some legacy projects, I can make it more warm. I can now make it an, an action that is something that I connect to. And the legacy projects become things that as I'm looking at photos, realizing the patterns of them, what is a gift, what is a gift that would be enjoyed by my family? Okay, so just to clarify, as a photo manager, you're looking at legacy personally now, though, and you're applying your photo management organizational skills and knowledge that you've acquired, um, and you are flipping uh, that uh, table around, so to speak, and you're applying it to yourself as if you're you're working on your own legacy projects for your family so that you can leave them the things that are important to you but wrapped up as a gift with a message. Correct. I want them to know I love them. Obviously, like I'm cleaning up my affairs right now. I want them to know that 
the photos mean something because I'm a photographer. So I, it's hard to throw photos if I don't know if the three of you deal with that too. Like once you, once you call and edit, you're like, but it's so beautiful. I can't just toss it. So it's that too. So I'm realizing that there's another phrase that we could probably call it. And it's called emotional or personal legacies. So I think we could stage them and not just have, like I looked it up and, and I think Allison, maybe you can see when you look up legacy, there's like four different types that you'll always be working with in the system. But I think that we also have these personal ones that we could start labeling as getting more warm for us too. So now the legacy word means something to me because I was able to leave a personal legacy with its scholarship, which is kind of fun. Yes. So now I see it, it, it means something to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right that it's, this is not work for everyone. So one example, you know, when I was an attorney, I did not want to have anything to do with family law. And the reason isn't because I didn't think it was worthy. In fact, it was extremely worthy. I didn't think I could handle it emotionally. And mm. this I see as similar as not everybody could deal with a client who is severely health challenged. And I think that it takes a very special person, a very empathetic person to be able to handle that um, and do what needs to be done. And I, I absolutely applaud anybody in that space because it's not easy. Well, and I just want to call out that I respect anybody who's looked at and said, yep, not for me, because it's not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. Um, and it's okay because it is important to, I think, if you understand where that person's coming from and you're able to annually pop in and say hello to them and learn more about them each time you're seeing if they're in that boat of are we going here or there on the branches, that now you've got these deeper conversations and relationship that you can check in with them. And they're going to eventually trust that and maybe share more with you, but not everybody wants to do that. And that's okay. Yeah. And I respect that. I have... Uh... For years, even before I became a photo manager, I have created memorial videos for friends, um, graduation uh, videos, um, photo books and uh, for weddings and and uh, travel and all that kind of stuff. And more recently, um, one of my friends experienced a tragedy where she uh, her son had passed. And, you know, you are underwater when something like that happens suddenly. Um, and so she initially reached out to me. I can't remember how it began, but it it was slowly. Um, could you maybe it was in the the service uh, flyer uh, for the funeral, you know, with his uh, obituary, you know, she had it written up, but she didn't really like the design. And she said, you know, here's a word doc. Can you make it look nice? And I said, sure. And then one thing led to another. And next thing I knew, I was creating their memorial video. I took some of her photos and and uh, I have a large uh, printer behind me that can do what, 13 by 19. So um, I printed out a very large um, a retouched photo of, of their son for the funeral because um, it was a closed casket service. And then um, one thing just led to another. And then they had a celebration of life Um uh, afterwards at a park and, uh, it was just beautiful. And I asked them, you know, there's a lot going on and I know you're in a blur right now. Do you want me to take some photos so you can just kind of remember this moment and who was here, you know, cause you know, people come and go and you, you, you say hi and then they're gone. So she said, sure. 
And so I, I ended up creating two photo books, uh, one from the photos used in the video and uh, of his life, and then one of the memorial service. And, and she absolutely loved that. And that was my gift to her. Um, and um, I also have a background. I was a uh, police officer. I don't, I don't know, Sharon, do you, if you knew that or not. I think you shared that in the mastermind, but I need to see pictures of you. So. <laughs> well, we'll do that off of the podcast, obviously. But um, yeah, so I had five years in that. And you you deal with a lot of death in that job. Um, and um, growing up, I had a lot of family members that had passed, just like many of us. Um, but I think the hardest one for me uh, was when close family passed, but yet you have to continue on because life does not stop for you. And so when you have these moments in your own life, you can become more um, compassionate and, and uh, empathetic for others because now, you, you know, you see what's happening with someone else that you love and it's you know how to help them if they're willing to let you, so to speak. So um, I look forward to anybody asking me for help in that way. Well, and I think the other piece there, Susan, is that as you get to know this relationship, when you get to the slideshow, like I've done a few, and because I knew like my father-in-law, who was a boomer operator, so he would refill fuel up in the air, I was cool. able to go to YouTube and at the end add a clip of an ending with the song that ended just perfect. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't know that about him. And then my aunt through COVID, same thing. She had big blue eyes and I had grown up with her. She was my godmother. So I knew the music she liked and I could add in all of the church music that she loved. She was an organist. But without knowing who these people are, you don't get to add those personal pieces of beauty. And so I love the fact that you can meet these people, learn about them and add these pieces of art inside of it to make more jewelry and bling. And I think that's just beautiful. And that's the goal, I think, as a photo manager is exactly extra knowledge. Yep. Well, and my friend's son loved anime and gaming. And so the theme of the uh, memorial video I created was a template that uh, um, I had found and it was like a comic book. And they knew right then that I had right. nailed who he was. Right here in the heart, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Knowledge and trust are right. two big yeah. themes. Having done, you know, I've done a couple of memorial websites and I don't, I don't know that I could have done it without really knowing the people involved and the families have to trust you because you're right. They are too busy with other things and they don't want to be asked about the details. You just have to be able to go in and and do it and just right. figure out what they're going to want yeah. and just get it done. So with that, what what are some examples that you've created as far as gifts? I'm going to kind of throw that question out at you because you've talked about these gifts you made for families. Can you give us an example for our listening audience? Yes. So some of the things that I'm going through um, my daughter, one of the, one of the ones that I know my daughter is going to, maybe she doesn't want, I have three children. I got to raise them in, in their young phases when they were babies. They're in their, I have three in their, um, young adult twenties. So they're busy getting their lives together, doing their jobs, living outside of the state. Um, so I don't get to see them a lot. Um, so I made newsletters monthly with a story in it that I would like them to know. And then below a slideshow so that they can go searching for the photos that I've 
called edited and I want them to know that these albums exist. So I create little, Hey, did you know that I sewed? And then there's a slideshow of all the sewing or baking or whatever. And I know they're not looking at it right now. And then I have the Google, Google docs that I'm starting to create so that if I change my to-do list when I'm gone, they can pop in and they can see that everything's still progressively updated. Um, and I get ideas at night. So it's nice. And I feel like I'll have a little bit of control when I'm able to do that. Cause right now when you're sick, you don't feel like you have any. So, so if I get an idea, I can add it to the Google. I know they've not looked at any of it, but I know that it's there when they need the reference. So things like that. I know as I I'm printing them monthly and putting them in a notebooks so that when they're older and they now maybe have children, I think that's probably in the, in their thirties when they're going to want to read that stuff and get closer to mom. So I'm doing a lot of writing when I feel like it. And then I'm doing some painting. I took all the keywording of photos with my daughter, my oldest, who's 28. It's like, mom, we don't have a lot of pictures of you with me. I'm like, oh, when I was raising you, there are so many pictures of me with mother or daughter. So I was able to keyword those to make a beautiful album for each of my kids, which is really awesome. And then I have um, the other one that a lot of people have talked about when I did make it to conference in Denver. I had a, I do a Victorian village. So each year something that matched to that year for us in that living for the family, I would put that up on the fireplace mantle. We get a new one each year. So after 28 years, you can imagine how busy that mantle became, right? And nobody understood what, what it was when they, it just looked like a bunch of Victorian villages. It didn't have a, a rhyme or reason. So I took that in 20, I guess, 2021 was Denver, right? I took that in 2021 and created an album. So each piece, then I took the pictures and made one page that has all the pictures of that year. So I have 28 pages that now sit on the fireplace mantle and the kids come in and now they're looking at it all the time, showing their friends and family. Look, this is what happened. This is why we have this village. So I connected it to something else that would extend its life. Um, that one was a really fun one. I took that to the conference so that I could show people. And then I have a bunch of others that I just kind of, I'll tuck away and I'll share later that are more private. Yeah. But those are some of the examples. And I get them because as I'm editing the photos, the stories are coming out. I'm like, oh, I want to show this story. How can I show it? And with my art background, that's the fun part of it. And then I finally realized I have so many, I need to stop. It's <laughs> time to move on. <laughs> that's the hard part is realizing you have enough that they know that you love them, that you will leave them these legacy gifts and that it's, it's something they can hold. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other one that made me feel really good to dump and I had to sit with, I finally did it yesterday was I have all these screenshots of quotes and affirmations that I would use to, again, stay in my zone of positivity. And they're important to me. The words matter to me. It's if you looked at it, you'd know who I was. Same thing with all the data on Spotify, on Goodreads, Pinterest. If you want to know my personality, you can go there and you can learn so much about me in those digital assets. Um, and so I, I was able to take that screenshot, then put them in an album. And then I have that for the kids. So when they're needing a good affirmation, they can open it up, point and go, oh, let's work on that one today. Is this one speaking to me today? Mm -hmm. And then I could just erase 800, 900 screenshots that I don't need anymore, which that I did. That was okay to do because they've been yeah. there 10 or so years. So that was a fun one for the kids and easy to put together. Yeah. That raises such an important point, which is that it's not always about the photo or what's in the photo necessarily. It's about the story that goes behind it. So if somebody else saw your screenshot of your Spotify playlist, you know, they're they're thinking, 
I, you know, why would I have a photo of that? But the meaning is there. Your kids will know, they'll look at that and that will remind them of you. Right. And so preserving those stories in a way that, that triggers those memories for them is so incredibly important. Yeah. Well, and if you look at my albums on Pinterest, you Google and laugh because I'm Wonder Woman. So I have different Wonder Woman. And then the businesses that I own, the, the interior design stuff, the, the feng shui that I learned, all those are in there in different albums. So the things I created, if they want to see art, it's in there. But again, like they need to be interested in it. And I just think that they're not ready for it until they're a little older at this point. Because they're living so, so hard now. So, yeah. But it'll be there when they are ready. And that's what's important. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're talking a lot about um, images. Are you saving and preserving audio, visual, or handwriting for them? I, I am. I have been making, I have bought my favorite chunky books and I have voice recorded. I have read the books, cried many times to get through it. <laughs> But it's been a good process to get that recorded for when the kids are ready to have my favorite chunky books. They will get a little kit and have my voice on it. I've been sending one of the things that I've realized that a lot of that I didn't realize my daughters wanted is for me to tell them that I'm proud of them. Oh, nice. All that they've said was, can you just voice record? I'm proud of you. And you realize as you've as I've said goodbye to my family members, I was like, oh, that would have been nice also to have. So. I'm thankful that my daughter and I, again, this is the, the ex- exciting piece of I was able to get my kids and my family to the point of being able to talk about death and dying. Instead right. of trying to hide, go, I'm fighting, I'm fighting to live, I'm fighting. It's like, no, nope, just calling it. This is where we're at in the phase. Let's, let's pull in, let's process together. And so it's been really great for them to be able to call and say, mom, I would, I would like to have a voice memo that says, I'm proud of you. Like, who would get to that point? I feel very blessed that we're able to talk that way and that I'm able to do that for them. So little That's things awesome. like that will come. Well, and you bring up a good, good, you bring up a good point because um, Allison and I kind of were talking about this podcast and the questions we were going to ask you. And um, I, I don't remember exactly where the conversation, you know, where we were at, but um, we did talk about saving uh, our family's voicemails and, um, I know I did this in the ni- late 80s or early, no, it was the 90s, I think, um, back when uh, uh, we had uh, we had no cell phones. Uh, we had um, the tape on the uh, message machine. So there was one tape for the outgoing message and one tape for the incoming message. And then people, you'd get home and, you know, it would blink or it would tell you you have five messages or whatever, and you'd hit play and then play it. And then you could either rewind it and erase, you know, technically erase those messages and then play over them. And I began recording uh, my grandmother's messages that she left, um, you know, if I wasn't home. And uh, I still have those somewhere. Um, I have a, a... up in, up on one of my uh, external hard drives, a, a voice mail folder with just voicemails I've kept from people. And uh, another thing that uh, I love doing is uh, I am in the process of converting many old family movies. And I was telling Allison the other day, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got those converting in the background, you know, just chugging along and you can, you know, you've got the audio on. So you, you know, when the, the tape is over basically. 
and I'm, I'm doing my camera scanning and you know, you, you hear the conversations go and then I can hear my mom laughing in the background and just hearing that was just awesome and, and makes, makes my heart warm. So yeah, capturing just simple things and you don't realize, um, the things that, uh, you know, you, you miss and, and sometimes it's auditory and sometimes it's visual. And so having, having those things, uh, you know, converted, if you've got old tapes, do it now before they, they, uh, they go bad, um, or create new ones for your, your family, um, with that purpose in mind, you know, give them a message. Right. One of the things that you mentioned is a, is a memory that maybe I call it memory inside your skin. I'll go to bed at night and I'll have the one example is, I think it was March Madness. So I'm going to bed with the news on at night and I'm hearing my father, I'm getting this vibe of that squeaky basketball floor, right? And it's just sending me into all these memories of being raised in the stadium watching March Madness. My dad was a professor. Um, So it's, it's, and I'm realizing I have no photo of that. I just have this intense sensory memory of all these things. How can I create something from that? Do I write about it? And that's what I'm doing this newsletter because I don't have a photo. What I would love to have had, and it does, it sends you straight into all that energy of family, youth. And I just, I think it's so interesting how many memories we have that don't sit in a photo, but they sit inside of our skin. So exactly. Being able to front this, you know, being able to have somebody maybe, I mean, you're doing a lot of this on your own, but sometimes people need help. And I think what you said earlier was just so important is that you got your family to the point where they're comfortable asking you what, what do you, what, this is what I want mom from you, right from you. And I think sometimes I suspect a lot of people would need help getting to that point, getting the family would need help getting to that point, but it's a real blessing because now they'll have the things that they want. Right. They're not being told that they can't talk about it when they're worried that this is probably coming. They're allowed not to say, is this happening? And I can say, yes, this is not something I cannot control. It's happening. I think the other piece too, that let's mention this, if you, if you pull legacy out, because legacy is a container to say the word death and dying. If you pull that word legacy out, what word would you add into it? No, there is that question. Because again, we're 5, 10, 15, 20 years is the word legacy. But is it just to keep us feeling comfortable? You know, at this point in juncture. And maybe, yes, it is. But, you know, that is a question to ask, I think. So that that word can mask a lot of things. Yes. And it's okay. It's safe because it is awkward. We don't, we don't. We don't do this kind of stuff anymore in our culture. We used to do it 40 something years ago, and now it's just not offered. But I think there's a movement coming back. As Kathy said, she giggled one time when we were interviewing. She said something to the effect of, well, of course, is this going to be this generation that changes it? Because we're open to talk about menopause now. We weren't we weren't going to do that years ago, but our generation is going to talk about this stuff. So she also sees this as a movement that's coming. We have death doulas. I don't know if you've heard about death doulas. Yes. We have the whole life cycle process that births our children. So why wouldn't we have somebody to help walk us home? I just yep. think that's so cool. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, back in the day, you, you know, there were multi-generations in one home. We're not necessarily seeing that as well. So many people, as they age, they age alone. 
which is not necessarily a good thing. So having a, a support group and also, you know, finding those people that can be open with you. I'm I'm very lucky. My my oldest brother and I uh we're the last in our family right now. Um my both my parents have have passed and uh, a middle brother ha- has passed already. And what um has been helpful is my oldest brother and I are on the same spiritual track. With my learnings, I wanted to learn about many different cultures and and uh, religions, and so I I became not so much religious anymore, but more spiritual in my understanding um, through that training that I've I've taken. And um, he's on the same path. He's actually a, a reverend for a, a church in in Texas, so he and I are pretty much in sync with that uh, belief system that we hold. And so that has been enormously helpful, especially as we have. He- as we have helped our family transition. Yeah, each of us, you know, uh, needs to have some sort of support group. So if it's not in your direct family, find a friend or or maybe a death doula near you that you can talk to as you're going through helping maybe somebody else in your family with their illness. Um, uh, because having that support and getting the, the language that you need to support each other and everything is very important. Absolutely. And we have palliative and hospice care too that works in those two boundaries, which initially you're, you hear those words, and you're like, oh, uh-uh, nope, 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 that means death. And then you realize that it's set up to live, and it's set up to help process down the spiral. So you have these, these sets, I call them my Wonder Woman team. As I've been sick, I've been gathering a team of people who can support me throughout and not like get worn out. But you're right, it's community, Susan. It yep. is. And you have different ones. Yep. Uh, when my when my mother was uh, in her last days and weeks, um, uh, my parents lived in Hawaii. I, I lived there for several years, um, and then I moved back to to the mainland. But when she um, began to real really slow down, um, at the time that she passed, uh, Maui did not have a uh, a hospice hospital a building. And so we brought hospice into the home, which is what she wanted. Um, And I basically became her hospice nurse, which was um, uh, quite exhausting. Um, But it allowed me to almost like feel like I was giving back to my mom for all the years that she supported me, you know, and I, you know, I loved every single minute of it as painful as some of those moments were. Um, And I, I, had to remind the hospice organization, I am not the nurse. My mother was the nurse. I'm the cop. So, you know, don't ask me to do anything. (laughs) You know, I had to administer um, morphine and do some other things, but please don't ask me to to do anything, you know, too (laughs) nursey. So they they would bring in that help, that additional level of help for me. Right. Um, That's why you need a community. Everyone can stay in their lane and do what they're good at. Exactly. Right. Not get worn out. And then there's traits for each person that aren't going to fit everyone, but there's some skill sets that we can come in and support. Yeah. Right. So it, it was, uh, you know, as difficult as it was, it, it, it worked out. We've had such an important discussion thus far about the importance of photos, the importance of storytelling and how People who are for photo organizers like us can can be one part of that process, part of the end of life process. And I know that's something that you are very passionate about, passionate about, Sharon. 
Um, and so much so that you even created a scholarship. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. I wanted to connect with other people who, when I searched online for who are our legacy people, I got one word on websites that would say legacy, but not an explanation of a paragraph of why they're connected to the word legacy and what they're doing to help people who are in the legacy process. So I didn't feel like they were actually doing legacy. So in my head, I connected those two things together and went, oh, well, if I'm going to offer a scholarship, who would receive that scholarship? And I know for a while, the advisory board and I were like, are we doing health challenge? Or are we doing legacy? And I was kind of in both boats because I was thinking, oh, I am health challenge. I was seeing myself as health challenge. And then it wasn't until August where I started to feel a little more empowered and getting more clarity. And I was like, oh, I've moved myself from health challenge to legacy. There was like a step up there. I thought, what is that about? How did I get that? And I think it was that feeling of realizing that the projects that I was doing were becoming these literally protected, say, very special legacy things. And no longer was I looking at myself as health challenge, which I think is such a huge perk and benefit, right? So I, I don't know if you get to say I get to heal myself, but I get to, I got to jump into that zone of these are legacy. I am owning that word now, which I did not feel like I had it before. So to be able to offer these people who we've, we've now the deadline was yesterday. We've got some applicants that I'm very excited about to go read and look at and learn from, honestly, learn from and see if they'll start adding more stuff to their websites that when I search online for, I know I want to talk authentically about what I'm going through. Who are my photo managers that are willing to do that with me? Now I can have that. And that's, that was my intent and my goal. So I'm very excited to see how they process it, how they're sharing the story. The stories to me are the most important right now. That's what I'll take with me. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing um, when you first approached me about helping you with this, and I was just blown away. It's uh, for a variety of reasons. One, how generous, obviously, because this is a scholarship that that you created to help photo organizers come to conference, which is a place where we all get together and swap ideas. A lot of us work alone, uh, so don't get to mingle with our colleagues and the scholarship in in one part is to help facilitate that. So somebody that may or may not have the means to get there will now be able to go. And then the second part is that it promotes this idea of working with a legacy or a health challenge or, you know, however we end up on the terminology might be. Because as we discussed, it's it takes very special skills. And this is a way to bring the necessity of this to the forefront to make sure people are thinking about it and giving us more education around the topic and making it okay to talk about death. Right. And understand if they say the word death, nobody's going to die. Like that's just, you know, it, it, it doesn't cause any of that. It's, it actually allows you to have more connection with somebody. And that's the piece of, I want to talk about the vision I have for the future. If I can, Allison. Absolutely. So, so tell us about your vision for the future. I'm hoping that it doesn't go away. In my mind, I'd love to see that this something that builds becomes um, growth, uh, that the photo managers are inspired by it and can see how that it could pay forward, pay back, and that uh, we do a 
again, like I played my finance game. Let's go ahead. Like Kathy has always said, we work off of, you sit there and you go, this community is so amazing. What has made this amazing? And I think you have a leader who has promoted and mentored abundance living and thinking. And so everybody, we're not in competition together. We are with each other, supporting one another to grow. And all I see at this point is exponentially, we are just going to burst our seams. And in that, I feel like to be able to buy a cup of coffee, you know, the game of going to Starbucks in line again, like play, let's play that game. Let's see what we can earn back to be able to do this year after year. And maybe with any extra things that end up being um, allocated that we can start offering it to photo manager nonprofits that they are, they feel are important. And then it inspires other people to just keep building off of these niches and and we see growth. And I just think that we're, we're ready for this. I think our community can do this. And I think that we can stand up and have voice for it. So that is my, my vision that I think that it would be a very easy thing to do. Do I think the advisory board has a lot of work? Yes. And I'm sorry about that, but I will spend lots of little thank you cards about that. Yeah. I yes, think thank you for giving us more work. I appreciate yes, that. You're Just kidding. <laughs> it's so important and it will be, you know, and part of that is also education. So sending it out beyond just our association, because we are obviously not the only group that deals with these issues. But I think the first step for us is actually educating our own body of people so that we can further help those outside that need it outside of our our little group. Yes. Yes. And that's when I wish that I could be around and watch and see how things work themselves out. So I will just have to be a little angel in a corner somewhere doing something magical so that yeah, I can watch. <laughs> if I get the opportunity, I will be there. How's that? Through my photos, you know, they're still alive. Yep. 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 Exactly. All right. So we've got our uh, favorite question that we ask our guests. So what is your strangest photo in your collection, Sharon Wonder? I love this question. Thank you for asking it. I think, thinking about it last night when I got the questions, I think it's my whole year of pandemic. Because, you know, we were nestled inside, we were private, we were outside in nature, and we were entertaining ourselves with things we would never say we're going to do again. <laughs> right? So if my three kids are at home, they're growing their hair out. They missed my son had grown his hair out gray because he had made it to the soccer playoffs. So the week before we were told to stay home, he went and got it all. And then we had maybe a year of feeling like we couldn't be out and about. So his hair, he looks like a mugshot, the very last picture that we bought. And then we have games that we would play. It just would happen where we'd be laying on the ground doing like wrestling leg things. Who could flip somebody over? And I've got videos of it. So it's just when you look back at the history of what life was then, and and I feel like when I got diagnosed, I was right in the thick of the pandemic. So honestly, I don't feel like it really am out of the pandemic. I don't feel like there was a closure gap between those two boundaries. Those pictures are very important to me for my family. There are these connections and bonding that we just had to be creative. We didn't have a lot. So I think those would be the first ones, definitely the first ones in my mind. I know we met... Um you and I, Sharon, uh, on the some virtual photo manager events that we had. And knowing that you were in Colorado, I think I reached out or you reached out and we've had some conversations that way. And I know you've uh, supported me um, greatly throughout my building of my business. 
And um, I did not go to the Denver conference, oddly enough, even though it was here in in Denver. So I didn't um, meet you at the Denver conference in, uh, I think it was 2022. We were on the masterclass uh, until you you learned uh, that you weren't able to attend that. Um, and then when I went to Florida, well, I'll let you tell the story. You created this fun little game. I did. So when I had to share at Mastermind, I ended up with another tumor and had to have it. I think one of the things I've been very private about my health, but I think I have to talk a little bit about it. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I want you to know that I'm I'm healthy. I'm currently in hospice. I have an inoperable tumor. I ended up with two. I ended up with month to month. Um, let's see. January, February, March, March 7th, April 7th, two surgeries, boom, boom. I knew the March one was going to happen when I had to bail on masterclass, said goodbye, knew it wasn't going to be a conference, had to figure out in my head, I want to participate, Peyton. I had intentions of certain people I wanted to meet. And so I decided, you know what, instead of going, ah, I can't go, wow, wow, wow. I decided to move that to something fun with, with Lucy, because Lucy is a best friend of mine who got me connected. We did this in Denver, so let's try it again. So I sent her off the bingo card, these people that I wanted to meet instead of going, oh, I'm never going to get to try to turn it around to something more positive and make a game out of it for the master class and Lucy. And so they were able to do that. But then I thought, and I got out and we're walking and I'm I'm healing fine and I'm thinking we're going to be fine in future, all the travel, walking, things that I can do, flying, traveling, we'll be back again, feeling like it's going to be. And then I got a brain infection. And I had to go back in and they had to, they saw the tumor and he said, I can clean, clean it out, but I can't get in there and get the whole thing out. So I'll go in as deep as I can. And when he went in, he was able to take some of the stuff, but he took my hand. So I, I don't have my left or my right hand because the tumor's on the right side. So things don't work on the left. That's the, the face swoop. And so the infection kind of got me a little bit, uh, slowed me down which I'm fine and I can still go do things. And I'm appreciative that I get to still go do things, but less and less is, is available to me. So with that said, that is, that is the bingo card. That's how we met Allison. <laughs> and that's how we met some of these other friends that I would have loved to have seen and networked with. It was just a way for me to feel like I was close to them and that I'm saying, hello, a little, a little, another little love message. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I'm, so fast forward, I'm a card. Oh. Yes. So Sorry. I'm in conference and I, I'm aware of the card. Um, and to be honest, Sharon, I don't think I did my homework, so I don't think no. I submitted my card. Nobody won. I, I still have the gift card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I did read a few of them, uh, a few of the bingo, uh, boxes. And one of them was take a photo of Allison Friedman. So I'm sitting at a table with others and, uh, we're having dinner and, uh, now, Allison, you tell your side of the story here. <laughs> yes. Well, so we're having dinner at conference and I had not met Susan and I hadn't met you, Sharon, either. Although I can't remember, we talked once on the phone and I can't remember if it was before or after that. It might have been before. But our table ran out of bread uh, while we were waiting for dinner and I was hungry because I'm always hungry. And so I walked over to the next table because I saw they had this nice big basket of bread. So I walked over to the next table and asked, you know, if anyone was going to eat that, because if they weren't, I was going to take it and go back to my table. And Susan stopped me and she said, 
wait, you're on my bingo card. And I had no, that was the first I'd heard of the bingo card. I had no idea why some strange woman who was at the conference with me was asking for my photo or why I was on a bingo card. Um, so Susan stands up and she takes a picture and she shows me this bingo card. And sure enough, there I was on the bingo card. So the, just the funny thing about this is, you know, just to bring this full circle is we're here talking to you in part about this gift that you are making to allow somebody to get to conference and conference is what brought the three of us together. You and conference are what brought the three of us together, because if you hadn't made that bingo card, then I don't know, maybe Susan and I wouldn't be here today interviewing you. And they said, Allison, that you didn't didn't pick your nose because when I was in seventh grade, I guess as you're talking, I'm remembering <laughs> inside my skin that in seventh grade, we used to have reading time. Can't remember the teacher's name, but I look up and he'd have the magazine and he'd be using it to pick his nose. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So I brought my camera that next day and I took a picture of him, caught him doing it, photoed printed it on a copier, a hundred of them, put them all the way down the hallway. I never wanted him to do that again. He was our teachers. So you're lucky that you were. I am very lucky that I was not picking my nose when Susan decided to take those pictures. Yes. No, you're laughing hysterically, actually, in the photo. A good shot. Yeah. 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 It was very fun, but it just, again, to bring full circle, it's a uh, you know, we work in an industry that I feel is incredibly important, but most of us work alone and we do all this work alone in our offices and, and you know, conference is one time where we can actually come together in person and share techniques and, and all of that. But more importantly, we can make these connections and get to know each other and learn what, what everybody else is, is doing and just get to know the people in our industry. And that's what led us to start this podcast. I can directly, you know, this goes directly back to you, Sharon, and that bingo card. And now here we are having this very important discussion about how our profession and others can help people in end of life by preserving their stories and their photographs and their handwriting and their voice and, or the chat know, the messages, messages. yeah, the messages that we, you know, we had that conversation with um, another one of our guests and I won't um, release all the details, um, but in our November, hopefully it'll be our November podcast, uh, Cheryl DeFrank will, will talk about um, a special project she worked on and involved uh, uh, chat messages with a dear friend. So, you know, creating those projects are what we're all about, saving saving, um, those memories. That's why I named my company save a memory. Um, because it, it's just always been so important to me to document, 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 uh, what's going on in my family so that somebody has it when, when, when I'm not here. Well, and you're helping make that possible. It becomes the importance of that photo too, right? It's that bingo card and the connection and interaction that we got from it that you didn't think we were going to get. It's Bill Paxton's stories on PBS. It's, you know, it's the connection of being able to hook up to our old family members, which you can't have in the finality of leaving this earth to be able to look back and see people that are no longer there. How magical is that? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Keep all the little things. I kept the bingo card. 
Yeah, there you I go. I have a photo of the bingo card. Maybe you'll do one next year, huh? Actually, we might because I actually raised that and said this was such an amazing idea. It's such a great way for people to get to know each other. Yeah. So your legacy will definitely live on in more ways than perhaps you intended. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I'd love to have giggles. Giggles are my goal. That's cool. That I'd love that. Yep. Yep. So Allison and I can thank you on many, many levels for your contributions. Um, I have a, an awesome podcast partner and, um, I wouldn't have had that, that interaction without you. So yeah. Love that. Love that. To me, that's what the photo manager community is. And if you are somebody who is nearing end of life, variety of ways, and you are looking for help, like what we have talked about here on this podcast, send us a message and we might be able to hook you up with somebody that can help you with this process. In your area. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yep. Or remotely. I know Allison and I would would be able to do that remotely. Not everybody's set up to do remote help, but anyway. With technology, there's so much that we can do today. So absolutely. Well, with that, Sharon, we would like to thank you again for your time. Um, and uh we hope we uh honored your your message here uh and got the the message correct correctly for our for our audience absolutely susan and allison thank you for your time and letting me process talk share it's emotional and but it's also very empowering to be able to be authentic and vulnerable and allowing the safe space to go there with you guys and i just appreciate the time you gave me thank you i'm looking forward to going and reading those applicants though (laughs) (laughs) nice me too (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Sharon. Okay. That was um, very, uh, very deep. It was a a conversation that I really appreciated that we could have today. The topic is, in my mind, um, something that we all need to talk about. I know growing up for me, we didn't really talk about death. Uh, death was something that happened to people and you didn't really prepare for it. Having that thought that we're on this earth for a limited time and we don't always know our our date of uh, exiting this planet, um, preparing it in the way that Sharon has has uh, purposefully designed for herself and her family is amazing to me that she's basically taken the bull by the horns and decided, you know, this is... This is my life and this is how I'm going to um, exit and share my my love and my experiences um, in a meaningful way for her family. And now she's through this scholarship uh, wanting the rest of us to get on board. Yeah, she it's so inspiring. She really has left her family with an incredible gift and and some of that is the the physical thing she's leaving them the videos the photos etc but she's also leaving them with the ability to to grieve and to come to terms with what's happening while she's still alive so that you know it, it helps everybody and then she's also leaving the gift of helping other people who are in this situation learn how to deal with it and more resources. And she did mention the scholarship. I I will say that we recorded this episode uh, the day 
after the applications for that scholarship closed, which is why she mentioned that. And by the time this this podcast airs, the recipient of the pot of the um, of the scholarship will be known. So we'll put that information on the resources page. Um, but we felt it important to to get this story down and to get this story preserved while we still can. In a timely manner, especially um, with her now receiving hospice care. Um, so we know that, um, you know, her abilities are, are changing. And um, while she still could um, interact with us in a in a way that we could share her story, we wanted to grab it. Yeah. And, and it's very important to her to let other people know that services like that exist. So, you know, she's done a lot for herself, uh, but she's also had this community that she talked about. And um, we just wanted to help her spread that message that if you find yourself or somebody that you love in a situation like this, there are resources out there to help you. And, you know, if you're having trouble finding them and that's something that you that you want, send us a send us a message and we can see if we can connect you uh, locally, hopefully with with somebody that can help you, somebody that's trained and and knows what needs to be done and to make the process easier for you or a loved one. Yes. So those resources will be on our inside photo organizing dot com website. Um, you can also find us on social media if you want to follow us there. Um, and if you like this uh, podcast and you want to hear more from Allison and I, then um, make sure you click that uh, plus button um, and follow us on any of your uh, favorite podcast apps. Um, we hope to continue to share uh, the latest news and, and updates um, in our industry. This is uh, an industry that's been around for a little over 10 years. Um, I don't remember exactly what we're on, 16, 17? I forgot. Um, I have joined um, back in 2019, but my business has been around for just about a year. And Allison, you've been around a little bit longer. Yeah, 20. I started towards the beginning of 2021. Yep. So, a so little bit longer. we're both um, still learning uh, because there's so much to, to uh, absorb about the services and how people do things. And uh, learning from Sharon today, for me, um, I, I plan to add some additional information about how I can support people um, that want to preserve their legacy, whether it's a video recording of you telling us, uh, telling your, your loved ones what your family is about, um, uh, what you are about, or if it's just uh, an audio recording, or maybe you want us to scan your old uh, family photos so that you can then see them digitally and you can write the stories about them. So whatever it is, we're here to help you in, in sharing and saving your legacy. Oh, it's all about that community, as Sharon so aptly described earlier. Exactly. So with that, thank you so much, Allison, for another lovely podcast hour or a little bit more. I don't know where we're at with that, but um, thank until... you, Susan. This was this was an important one, and I'm really glad that we were able to to get this out there. So that's it for us. Yep. Until our next show, take care, everybody, and uh, 
Thank you for listening. So following our interview with Sharon Wonder, uh, she popped up in my chat and said, would you include this last thought? Because she really wanted to get this across about where her illness was uh, progressing and she knew what she needed to do in order to work on these legacy projects before things uh, worsened for her. Have a listen. When you're vulnerable enough and you can talk about death and dying, I was able to get to this point of being able to process and make these projects because glioblastoma will strip my communication at some point where I can't talk to people. And so that pushed me to get going faster, just that that could get done. And of course, then you can transition with less regret. So I feel blessed that I was able to get to that point. And that is because, again, we were able to be vulnerable and talk about death and dying with my family. That's it for our show today. Remember, you can find this episode on all of your favorite podcast apps. Be sure to click follow so you can stay up to date with the latest in photo organizing. We'll catch you next month.